Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I mean, you know what it is, America. It is officially NBA season. Fresh haircut, fresh new suit, J.J. Redick, all business ready to go. And hey, congratulations joining the A-team. Thank you. Very, very excited about the opportunity to work with Doris and Mike and Lisa Salters, Tim Corrigan, legendary producer, uh, Calling the NBA Finals? Come on, Stephen A. It's major. Woo! Major. Hold on, hold on to this moment. Oh, I am. It's well deserved. You know, congratulations. You deserve. It. I appreciate. I, ha- it. I have to give it to you. You do. You do a great. You do a hell of a job. Did you step up the suit Did game you? for he, first he, take he or for that? Once you got the call for the A team. This actually, I ordered Italian. this suit. I ordered this suit about a month ago right. before Doc Rivers ever took the Milwaukee Bucks coaching job. Right. So this was. Are this you suit? telling me it only took you a month to get that suit? Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Just a month? Yeah. It's handmade in Italy. JJ, J. Mm, of course go, it is. Go ahead, go ahead Shannon. Shannon. Go ahead, Shannon. Don't, don't let Stephen A. fool you. He's humble himself because my team beat the brakes off him. Oh, man, did, did, you see, did, did you see that's Michael Boston show up on the basketball court and play football and it, run over men, Shannon, women, and children? Shannon, you know what's the best part? It's, it's supposed to be Stephen A. sport, and you schooled him in his sport. Yeah. They beat us up. Hey, 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 Shane, I just want to touch on Stephen A's comments to be real quick about enjoying this moment. So one of the things yeah. in my life, I just operate out of gratitude. Yes. And I am so grateful. I, I mentioned Doris and Lisa and Tim and Mike. I'm so grateful I get to work with Molly and Stephen A. And now I get to be on a show with you. Are you oh, kidding Lord. me? I just get to oh, work with Lord. goats. I get to oh, work with Lord. goats. Oh, Lord. You know, say him and his cheating self. They're cheating the rules and the whole bit. But, 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 Shay Shay, here's the deal. Here's the deal, Shay Shay. On this show, on this show, on this show, you know who I'm sitting across from, right? We call him Top Gun. That's the, 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 not Tom Cruise. It's him. Okay, so I just want to let you know that. I just want to let you know that. Oh, yeah. That's wrong. Shannon, we know, what, Shannon, we know what it is. We know, we know what it is. Yeah. I like the chain. All right, you guys want to dive in. It's great to have you back, Jay. All right, so lots of young stars, obviously, in the NBA, but there'll be super huge shoes to fill, eventually appraising guys like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. They've got now, but who's got next? I would say Shay, uh, Ant-Man, you know, I feel like those are two of the guys, you know, that, um, you know, that continue to torch, you know, after I'm done, after Steph, KD, you know, the guys that have just been setting the standard for so many years. There's a lot of guys to pick from uh, in this group of the 24 that are here. Um, you know, you see Luca, Ant, Shay, guys that are like really coming into their, their prime and, Highly decorated already as, you know, all-stars and all-NBA guys. When LeBron retires, you know, the face of the league, uh, that's tough. But, you know, we win a championship. I got something to say about it. I know that. Hmm. JJ, I feel like this is a difficult question to answer. Maybe not for you. But who do you feel like will be the face of the NBA post that era when we're talking the guys like LeBron, KD, Steph? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, we, we talked about this on our podcast with Tim Legler and, and Richard Jefferson, two other ESPN people, uh, at the beginning of the season. And, and this time is approaching where Steph 
and LeBron, they're not going to be here forever. They're not going to be playing at this level forever. It is interesting because I read all the players' comments over the weekend because they were all asked about it. And they all talked about it has to be organic. Like, we can't choose who the next face of the league Mm -hmm. is. It has to be organic. And, And a lot of times, I would say most of the time, it comes with winning. It comes with winning a championship. Kobe became the face of the league because he won. MJ became the face of the league because he won. Magic, Larry, they won. That's why they were the face of the league. The other point about this that I think is important, because Stephen A. has touched on this many times in the past, you have to want to be the face of the league. Mm. You know, I I had some issues with your comments last year, Stephen A., about Kawhi being the worst superstar ever. Kawhi doesn't want to be the face of the league. He's a two-time finals MVP. Jokic doesn't want to be famous. Jokic doesn't want to be the face of the league. So when you start looking at, well, which guys could be the face of the league, in terms of American players, I, I think it's Tyrese Halliburton. I think it's Jason Tatum. I certainly think it's Anthony Edwards. I, it could be someone else. But there has to be, I think, the embrace of being a face of the league. There has to be the personality, the dynamic nature of the player and the person to become the face of the league. None of us thought Steph Curry in 2008, 2009 was going to eventually become the face of the league. But he is. We can't predict these things. My question, actually, for both of you guys, because we've had five straight MVPs Mm -hmm. that are all internationally born. Right. And if you look at the MVP race this year, it's the same situation. Mm -hmm. Right? It's Luka. It's Shea. It's uh, Embiid. Or uh, Embiid, before he got hurt, it's Giannis. It's Jokic again. Mm -hmm. Right? Is it bad for the league that the best players are internationally born? I would say to you, no. It's not bad for the league if the best players are internationally born. It is bad for the league if the American players give you the impression that they don't want it, that they're indifferent to embracing the responsibility of being the face of the league. That's what's bad, okay? Now, if you're just not good enough, you're not good enough. In in other words, compared to Jokic, compared to Giannis, compared to Luka, if they're just better and that's why that one of them become the face, then no problem whatsoever. But if they're the face because not only do they perform, but they have that appeal, that allure, and they care about being the marquee, and you can see that they're more apt to embrace it than the players themselves that are American-born, then we've got a problem because what the hell has happened to us as a sport, particularly since this is an American-born sport. Obviously, you have a vast majority of the players, particularly of African-American descent, and nobody wants it. That would be problematic for me personally. And Shannon, just to, to, to make sure we, we illuminate what we were talking about, when, 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 I, when I went after Kawhi Leonard last year and J.J. had an issue with that, I called Kawhi Leonard the worst superstar you could possibly have, not because of his skill set. I know how great he is, but because he does nothing to market the sport per se. And JJ wanted me, he he pressed me about that because initially we were talking about his injury and and all of this other stuff. And I was like, no, no, I'm not questioning. We've worked through it, Shannon. We worked through it. We worked worked through through it. it. (laughs) Ebony and Ivory, baby. Ebony and Ivory, baby. Ebony and Ivory. That's what it is. But but in the end, to answer this question, who will be, you know, the identity of the NBA in the post-LeBron era? I like Ant-Man. I was disappointed with him, J.J., this weekend only in this sense. You go out there, you're shooting the ball left-handed, you're playing around and stuff like that. I know you were playing around. Then you got these quotes about how it's it's supposed to be an off time, an off weekend. You know, no. The reality is is that 
when you talk about marketing the sport and being a face and being a headliner and being a marquee, those things come with it where you seize a moment. You're surrounded by the best in the world, the best players in the world, and you want to do everything you can to show that you are the person on the come up. Like Michael Jordan with, with Magic and Bird when he said, fellas, is a new sheriff in town. He wanted to send a message, and that's what America and that's what the basketball world wants to see from that face of the NBA. They want to see somebody that's coming along and saying, I want it. This is what I want. This is what I'm going for, and I want it bad. That's what you want to see, and I think that Ant-Man has the ability to do that, even though he let me down this weekend. I think both of you guys make very, very good points, very interesting points. I think the thing is that when we saw Magic and Bird, we saw the next guy was going to be Michael Jordan. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We knew who it was going to be. And when Jordan started to leave, we saw it was going to be Kobe Bryant. And then we saw LeBron James. But what we also saw, we saw a guy that had won winning championships, MVPs, but we also saw a guy that was going to be here for the next 10 years. And I think the thing is, you're absolutely right. Steph and KD not going to be around for another 10 years. So those guys are going to start to exit stage left Short let me, LeBron probably next two years, Steph the next four or five years, KD, uh, uh, same thing as that. But the question that I have for you guys, who has won enough, who has MVPs, who has championships that we can say, okay, he's ready to ascend to that throne? And like you said, guys, what American player has that? Is there an American player outside of Kevin Durant, outside of LeBron and Steph? Now, we know James Harden, but he's going to be leaving, so he's not going to be it. We know Russ, but who's the other American-born players that have won championships, that have MVPs, that we can put in that spot? Nobody. It's but, just, it's but, just but, it's literally just Kawhi. It's just Kawhi. It's literally just Kawhi. Just, just Kawhi. Yep. But, but, but as you said, Kawhi doesn't want that responsibility. But, Stephen A., I think you could answer this better than J.J. and I. What about relationship status? Magic and Bird was married. LeBron was in a relationship with Savannah. How do we look at that? Because when we look at presidential candidates, we look at candidates, we want them to be secure. We want them to be foundational pieces. Man. You know what I'm saying? That you I, have, I, like you're stuck. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know what the hell you're asking. I did not. I not expect this. Now hold on a second. Can I say one yes. thing, Shannon? Yes. Yes. I know what you're saying. Like the first lady of basketball, like they would say Steph Curry and Aisha Curry, and we know them and the example and the role model. Okay. I get okay. what you're saying. Got it. I didn't like get the, that. Like the home yeah. life I looks. I appreciate that point. I didn't know. Yes, I really didn't. Shannon, I get. I get the optics, and I hear you. They just. They just. I didn't hear the Aisha part. I heard the Savannah part, but I didn't hear the yeah, Aisha like part. Yeah, like Savannah and LeBron I, 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 have I, I, a beautiful family, and the, he's yeah, saying, okay. does that play a role in being the face of the league and marketable? I see your sarcastic smirk, so go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I did not expect this conversation to, t- to take this route. <laughs> but Welcome to First Take. I, I've been meaning to talk to both of you about this, uh, you know, because I've been listening to your podcast. I see all the clips on social media. Um, you guys go into some really strange directions uh, in terms of. Yeah, uh, well, I go in there because of callers and <laughs> tweets uh, that send callers. messages. This brother right here. I mean, wow. th- I mean, he, he, he came me up the dark. Yeah, Don't Disney let unplugged. You, JJ. Disney he gives me up the dark. D- Disney unplugged. <laughs> yeah. That's what Shannon been pitching. And I'm like this. I get it. Disney unplugged. Because that damn show is Disney unplugged. What Shannon be doing on that nightcap show. So, Shannon, I'm going to jump in here. I just want to I just want to say let's not act 
let's not act like the, some of the faces of the league have been perfect with their off-court behavior. Yes. Yeah, so, so I, no, I, 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 don't, I don't think that – I don't necessarily think that's a precursor. And you've, you're obviously using Steph and LeBron in, in, in sort of the present tense. And, and by and large, those guys are scandal-free, right? Right. Let's not act like right. some of the past faces of the league have been perfect. That's true. I, let's, not, let's not act like that. That's totally true. I, I, I want to bring up something Stephen A. just said real quick. Uh-huh. And, and that's just the Anthony Edwards piece. Okay. Because, you know, I, I, like, I like to talk about juxtaposition. I like to talk about, you know, disparity in approach, right? Okay. And I brought it up last time I was on the show in December when we were talking about the in-season tournament and you had the semifinals in Vegas. And it was like LeBron's approach versus Zion's approach. Okay. Right? Two very different things. Yeah. And if you look right. at this past weekend – I thought there was a, a, a fairly large disparity in approach between how Tyrese hand, Halliburton handled this weekend and how Anthony Edwards handled this weekend. Absolutely. And that's not to say I'm disappointed in Anthony Edwards, but it, it, it does further our point, which you have to embrace these moments, and Halliburton embraced it. To your question, Shannon, about which American player has won, and I'm, again, I'm, I, I brought up that question not in any sense of, of xenophobia, right? It's not, it's not a fear or dislike no, no, or anything no, no, for no, no, no. But, but I'm I, talking I, about yeah. the markability of the league within the United States, not globally. 30% That's of right. the league is internationally born right now. That's it right. is a global sport. Yes, we can is. all acknowledge that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong in my eyes with international players winning MVP and being the best players. Right. I, have no, I have no issue with that. Neither do I. Right. The one guy that's gotten close and seems to be willing to embrace this mantle is Jason Tatum. And I yeah, think I agree. this year they have the best opportunity they've had to actually win a championship. The other thing that we have to pay attention to is this, and I agree with you about Jason Tatum, by the way, because if he wins a championship this year, we do have to look at him potentially as a face of the league because I think he's the best player on the best team right now in the NBA, and he should be the leading candidate for league MVP honors. But that's just me. We can't ignore Giannis because Giannis is already a champion. And not only that, Giannis who has a personality, who's got endorsement deals, who's done commercials and stuff like that. He's also a guy, from a competitive standpoint, we love how he approaches it. He's not trying to befriend the quote-unquote enemy. He's coming for you. And he lets you know he's coming for you on a night-in, night-out basis. And that is a component that we look for when somebody is the marquee as well. Can I just add one thing? Yeah. I think this is all a moot point if you don't win championships. 100%. At totally. the end of the day. 100%. So yeah. you can be marketable. Yes. You can approach the game. You win. If, if you don't get rings, you're not a part of the you conversation. Gotta win. Which, which is why we can't predict which teams are going to win. So it's hard to predict. Correct. Absolutely. It's, it's got to be organic. It happens 100%. organically based on who wins. What? And then you add in those we got spoiled. 100%, Molly. We got, we got spoiled, guys, because Magic and Bird so, won so early in their career. Not yeah. only championships, but MVPs. And now that is the expectation. We may, sometimes guys are so great. They make it look easy, and you think everybody should do that. Everybody should win a championship in their rookie season. Everybody should win win a championship by their second season. Mm-hmm. Everybody should win MVPs by their third or fourth season. And Bird won, won three uh, uh, MVPs back-to-back, 84, 85, 86, in his first seven seasons. So we think that's easy. It's not. It's well, we not. Also, so maybe yeah. maybe we have unrealistic expectations of what we think the face of the NBA should be. But we also is got that it? Could that possibly be it, Stephen A.? Yeah, yeah, it could be. But the other side to it is we didn't get spoiled just by them winning. We also got spoiled by how marketable they were. Magic Johnson. Yes. I mean, he could come. He, America invited my- him into their living room. And we know that was the case with Bird as well. They were marketable 
off the court as well as on the court, and that's what did it as well. Yeah. But Bird didn't do a whole lot off okay. the court. I mean, it, but before I'm talking that about with magic. With magic. <laughs> I'm about the commercials with Magic. I'm but, talking about the commercials yeah. with Magic. I'm talking about with Bird. Relationship. All right. right. Even though Bird became one of the faces of the league, we didn't really see Bird in the commercial until him and that weapons commercial where they di- driving down that cornfield and Magic lets down the window of the limo. limo. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was a huge Larry Bird fan. All he did is win, and that certainly helped. <laughs> That's it. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles in everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus, receive premium travel benefits, like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X card. What's in your wallet? Term supply, lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. The NFL schedule drops this week. And you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Thanks so much for listening to the pod. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is always a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by categories like fragrance, handbags, and more. Or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything. Pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day's May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Thanks so much for listening to the pod and have a fabulous day. Can we dive into the East? Because, JJ, I want you to break this down for me. So Giannis has had four coaches within the past year. Now the Doc Rivers-Milwaukee era hasn't exactly gotten off to a hot start as the Bucks. They're currently 3-7 and seven with him as head coach. Doc, what's going on? Taking a job when you're about to go on the toughest road, road trip of the season is not the smartest decision. Uh, I even told them that. Can we wait till All-Star break? You know, it would have been a lot nicer. It's, it's been difficult. It's been probably more difficult than I thought. It's hard. It's hard. Uh, this, is my, this is my fourth. This is my fourth coach in the span of six months from Coach Bud, Coach Griff, Coach Joe, then Doug. You know, different philosophy, different game plan. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's draining, you know, because I, I am a student of the game. I try to, when somebody asks me to do something, try to do it in the best of my ability. Four coaches in the past year. The Bucks find themselves eight and a half games back of the first place Celtics as we enter the second half of the season. Boston, they're the favorites at ESPN Bet to win the NBA title as well. And our ESPN analytics give the Bucks the most difficult remaining schedule in the East. 
Interesting. I mean, looking at this right now, the Cavs second. Who would have thought that? Okay, Stephen A., are you taking the Celtics or the field right now to win the East? The Celtics. Um, I've said it from the very beginning of this season, and I stand by it right now. They're the best team in basketball. They've got a four-game advantage over the Minnesota Timberwolves, a six-game advantage in the East over the Cleveland Cavaliers. They've been, they've, they ended the first half of the season or the All-Star, before the All-Star break by winning six straight. Right now, they're number one in offensive efficiency, number three in defensive efficiency, net rating their first and that as well, outscoring opponents by 10.3 points per 100 possessions. I'm looking at them right now, and I'm saying, excuse me, I'm saying this about the Boston Celtics, and, J.J., I'm not even happy with them because I think they jack up too many damn threes. I think it's like 47.3%. They lead the league in three-point rate. That's how much they're jacking up three-point shots, for crying out loud. I think they need to cut that down just a touch and still. I'm looking at their personnel. I'm looking at Porzingis. I'm looking at Orford coming off the bench. I'm looking at White and Holiday as defensive wizards in the backcourt. I'm looking at Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And I'm saying to myself, my goodness, they've got athleticism. They've got perimeter shooting. They defend. They can put up buckets. They've got a star and, and a superstar on their squad together. I'm looking at the Boston Celtics, and I'm saying, who can I definitively look at in the East and say, you know what, they can take them. You know I'm loving my Knicks right now, orange and blue skies, baby, orange and blue skies. But I am not – there you go. I'm not, I don't need to get drug tested by saying that I think they're going to beat the Celtics. The Celtics are the favorites against everybody. And by the way, just as a reminder – that game seven in Miami after they overcame an 0-3 deficit, won three games, and game seven, and Jason Tatum got hurt easy, uh, in, in, Boston. First, in Boston. They got in hurt Boston. in game seven. It was in Boston, right? The bottom line is this. We all looked at it and we said, damn, we kind of wanted Boston simply because we thought Miami was undersized going up against Denver and we knew what the outcome would be. Obviously, we would have felt a little bit differently had that been Boston going against Denver instead of Miami. This is what I'm looking at right now. Boston's knocking on the door. I think Boston's the best team in basketball. I'm going with the Celtics, not the field. Before I, before I go into my point, Stephen A. J.J., can we stop? Can can Giannis stop pretending? Oh, I've had four coaches in a year because you wanted them all gone. You wanted Jason Kidd gone. You wanted Bud gone. You wanted Adrian Griffin gone. So please stop this notion talking about I different system. They want you to do different things, he didn't different want Jason game Kidd plans. Gone. You don't want Jason Man, Kidd going. Shannon, yes, Shannon, do you feel no, like he's kind no, of playing the no, victim right now? He didn't. I'm telling you what, he didn't want yes, Jason Kidd going. Y- yeah. Yes, right. yes, for the simple fact that he's a super, super duper star. And they'll do anything they can to keep him. They haven't had a player like him since one Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And he ended up leaving going to L.A. The last thing you want to do is to have your two best players, they be unhappy and they leave. They exit stage. And so they're going to do everything. So he didn't want Bud going. Let me ask you a question. Did he want Bud? Gone. Yeah. Stephen A. Did he want? Listen, I'm not good. JJ's better equipped to answer that question than me. I will tell you this Mike Budenholzer was a hell of a coach. I think that he went through a lot personally over the last year, and it was a lot that was wearing on him, and he wasn't the same person. I don't think anybody looked at him and questioned his coaching ability. He wasn't the same person, but he definitely wanted Adrian Griffin, and then he didn't want him. That is true. Okay. They get look here. This is what we know about the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks would have given Giannis anything he wanted, even a part of Harley Davidson, and they don't even own any part of Harley Davidson. But they would have gave him that to keep him happy. Now to your point. 
Stephen A., you make great compelling points. The Celtics has looked like the best team. And now with Joel Embiid being hurt, I don't really see a team that's been consistent enough. I did hear Shaq tell Damon Lillard, say, look, if this thing goes sideways, you, Doc, and uh, uh, Giannis is going to take the blame. You need to go back, grab somebody by the throat, and say, this is what I need from you. And I think that is the only team right now that I look at that could cause them some problems. They do have two top 12 players. Giannis is one of the top two or three players in all the league, and we know what Dame can do. But right now, they're underperforming. Doc is underperforming coaching. Three and seven in the last 10 games. So, unfortunately, Stephen A., with, Gian- with uh, Joel Embiid and being hurt, as much as I want to take the field, I don't believe Cleveland can beat Boston in a seven-game series. I definitely don't believe your Knicks because Thibodeau uh, 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 <laughs> is going to be red. Those guys in the ground, they're going to be on fumes by the time the first round, let alone get to a, a second Not round true. or they're a, a Eastern Conference. By the way, before before JJ, you jump in, that game's uh, Celtics are at Knicks Saturday on ABC. JJ will be calling that game. Okay. That'll be a good one. Okay. okay. First, first game with Mike and Doris and Lisa. So mm. Excited about that. And I'll be there, JJ. All right. As a fan? Yeah, as a fan. I love it. I don't I'll need to be there. at that game. The, the, the no. crew isn't back yet. Randall, Robertson, <laughs> on Anobi. Oh, when everybody okay. gets back, I'll be there. Okay, because I'm there, so you you're trying to act like it's not a big deal. The crew's not there. It's the not a big deal that you're there, Miss UConn. It's just okay. not a big deal. Oh, you ain't really? no Knicks fan. Okay. Well, go ahead, JJ. Smiley's going to be at a player. To answer the question, sorry, we got sidetracked there. To answer the question, uh, I'm absolutely, absolutely taking the Celtics right now over the field in the East. And that's not a knock. That's not a knock on any team in the East because I think there's, a, 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 truth, truthfully, a handful of really good teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, the reason I'm taking the Celtics, it's not because of Jason Tatum. It's not because of Jalen Brown. Uh, if anyone uh, knows me and has followed me over the last year and a half, it's not because of Derek White and my love for him. It's because of Kristaps Porzingis. This guy is a total difference maker for them. He has given them a new dynamic for their offense, and he's providing the same defense, essentially, that Rob Williams was giving them. When you yeah. look at the Celtics and how they're playing right now, Stephen A. brought up the threes. And, you know, I promised Stephen A. on our production call this morning, I'd try to keep the data and the stats to a minimum. But I told you to bring I got to drop this. Yeah. I got to drop this. Joe Mazzulla at the beginning of the year, he talked about wanting to post up mismatches more with Tatum, Brown, Porzingis, okay? Right now, the Celtics have essentially tripled their frequency in post-ups. They are hunting out mismatches. When we start talking about late-game stuff, Kristaps Porzingis unlocks their defense. You want to run an after-timeout play with 17 seconds to go? He unlocks what they can do on the offensive end. I said defense earlier, I'm sorry. What, what they can do on the offensive end. Kristaps Porzingis, we have 10 years of tracking data. He has been, he's having the most efficient season posting up the basketball in the last 10 years. That's over Jokic. That's over Embiid. And why is that? Because he's posting mismatches. You go down the list of his most frequent uh, uh, guys that are guarding him in the post, and it's all perimeter guys. He, when he rolls in a drop coverage, he's getting behind the defense. That two-man action with Jalen Brown on the, on the left side, Jalen Brown going to his right hand, him getting behind the defense, it's great action for the Celtics. He has completely changed their team. So when we start talking about playoffs and, mass, and matchups, it's Kristaps Porzingis. He's, to me, he's the most important third option in the NBA. I would probably put James Harden second. You know, so Kristaps Porzingis, the most important third option in the Eastern Conference, and it's because of his ability to punish switching. That's the reason I have the Celtics as the favorites right now over the field 
in the Eastern Conference. Side note real quick. No one's going to react to Doc's audio there. We've been here yeah, seven you heard, minutes oh. since we showed that audio. Nobody's going to react to Doc's audio. Do you want me to get it oh, Doc, for you? He's doing he he it. repeat it. I, we I don't have to it. repeat it. I can repeat I, I've it. I've seen the trend now. I've seen the trend for years. What's the trend? The trend is always making excuses. Get Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. Just like getting traded in the middle of the season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm-hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. And then you look at his quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's just no. <laughs> there's never accountability with that guy. Well, there's never say, accountability. Well, let me say a couple of things. Number one, that's a very serious thing to say, and we should take it serious. For I, you oh, because we should take uh, it oh, serious. You can take it serious. He, he no, no, seemed no, no. pretty let serious. Finish. Let yeah. me finish. We yeah. should take it serious because you played for him. So for you to say something like that, it matters. That's number one. Number two, I'm going to say this because Doc Doc Rivers needs to hear, and I got love for him, but he needs to hear this, okay? Just go out there and coach because here's the deal. You were playing an advisor's role in Milwaukee, and all of a sudden now you're the head coach. People haven't brought that up, and the more you talk about how difficult this is, the more it brings attention to, wait a minute. Nobody's trying to hear that. You got the job, go win. Go win. It's just that simple because it didn't happen in L.A. all of those years with the Clippers. It didn't happen. didn't happen in Philadelphia. And now, I've said this, J.J., the second he got the job, if Doc Rivers doesn't, I'm not talking about this season because he came in there halfway through, but if Doc Rivers between this year and next season doesn't win, I think it'll be his last head coaching job in the NBA. I don't think this is yeah. I think this is you last see, I think this is last thing. Yeah, yeah. I think this is last thing. You can't bring up it was probably mis- it wasn't the wisest decision to come in a ten game, you know, with your toughest road stretch of the season. Come on, bro. Ain't nobody trying to hear that. They're really not. You got the job. You wanted the job because you could have stayed, had a nice little cozy job right alongside Doris Burke and Mike Green. Now J.J. has that job. But you could have stayed put. You wanted this job. And you know what the expectations are. But let me ask you guys this. J.J. Stephen A., a healthy Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey with the way Tobias Harris and Kelly Oubre were playing. Do you believe if Embiid was healthy, they could beat the Celtics in a seven-game series? I, I do. And, I, and, I'll t- and I'll tell you, Joel Embiid, is, has, for, for his career, has been battling injuries throughout every playoff run they've ever had. If Joel Embiid is healthy and he gets back in time and he's in shape and he's healthy and he's in rhythm, Absolutely. Let's not overlook the fact that the Sixers have not been a volume three-point shooting team. It's one of the reasons no. that for, for stretches of the game, their offense is inefficient. They added Buddy Heald, who's one of the greatest volume shoot, three-point shooters of this era. Let's not overlook that transaction because Buddy Heald is a difference maker for that team if Joel Embiid is healthy. Mm. Correct. Only if Joel Embiid is healthy. Only. 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 By the way, before we put a cap on this subject in regards to Doc Rivers, is it fair to say that you're not the only player, former player, who feels the way that you feel? Of course. But there are guys that, that okay. I, I, I loved playing for Doc when I was there. I was there four years. Yeah. I'm not talking about him as a, as a basketball coach. Right. Yeah. I'm talking about the, accountability. the, the, the messaging. It's, it's, the accountability. I, I, I can go back years. I can go back years, Stephen A. 
Let's not let's not fall for this anymore. Like it's it's, it's silly. It's silly at this point. Right? Yeah. Uh, before we roll, JJ, what would you say the Bucks ceiling is this season? Oh, I, I think. Look, if you look at the ten games, yep. some positives. Their defense is now trending in the right yep. direction. Offense is trending. Their offense direction. is trending in the wrong, wrong direction. direction. A lot of that has right. been their fourth quarter offense and Damian Lillard shooting. We saw what Damian Lillard did uh, over All Star Weekend. If Damian Lillard is playing. At a high level, mm-hmm. Giannis has been fantastic. Right. And their defense continues to trend in the right direction. They can win the Eastern Conference. How, that's, that's their ceiling. How, sure. have, how have they changed things defensively? How have they gotten better? They've gotten back to their normal coverages. Got it. You know, Adrian Griffin put an emphasis because of the way that Nick Nurse had uh, Toronto's defense running. He put an emphasis on trying to create turnovers and pressuring the basketball. And what did that create? That created a bunch of blow-bys. Brooke Lopez and Giannis out of position. They were terrible defending the rim, and they were giving up threes. And they they didn't create any more turnovers. You have to base a defense in the NBA based on your personnel, and they've gotten back to that. They've gotten back to that. Yeah, you got the final word here. The size. Well, their size. Well, I mean, you look at Milwaukee. You look at their size. They got seven foot Lopez. They got six eleven Giannis. They got Porters. They're a big backcourt team, almost like the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Why are you trying to pressure the ball when you don't have a holiday? When you don't have guys that are good on ball defenders? I know Wesley uh, uh, Malik Beasley, but he's not. He's not an elite on ball defender like Holiday was. So you can't play the same style of defense that you could when you had Holiday and you had that big back. That big front court that can protect the rim. But Dame Lillard is going to have to pick it up. We know what Dame represents. We've seen him. He's big time in the fourth quarter. Put him in the pick and roll, and hey, let's get it done. But Dame's got to come. Dame's got to bring this thing home. He wanted to go somewhere with a chance to win. He's playing with the best player that he's ever played with, and he'll probably ever play with. There's no excuse. They've got to get it done. Same time. I got it. All right, that was a great discussion. And I love when you try to take a shot at me and say UConn. Like, did you see what UConn did over the weekend? Number one in the country, beat down on Marquette, 30-point blow. I mean, how, how good is, so it? How good so is that I. team? I didn't expect them to beat Marquette like that. Yeah. They're and the women, but they got, they got to go to Marquette soon. Yeah. We'll see what happens in that game. Oh, my goodness. Is this like 77 Marquette? I mean, I mean, what, what, what are we talking about here? Fourth in the country, oh, okay. Jay. Don't hate. Don't hate. I can't wait to see you at the Knicks Celtics game. Stephen A, enjoy LA. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems, with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Bill Russell was the ultimate winner, but his impact on securing equal rights for all Americans loomed larger today than his 11 championships with the Boston Celtics. Playing when the NBA still had unspoken racial quotas, limiting the number of black players in the league, Russell spoke out fearlessly and constantly about racial justice. His activism helped pass national civil rights laws that promised equal rights for all races. After Russell died in 2022 at the age of 88, the NBA retired his number six across the entire league. A small honor for a true giant of history. Absolutely legend right there. Here's the answer to that trivia question. The answer, Bill Russell, who won the NBA title with the Celtics in 1968 as a player coach. Six different black head coaches have won eight total titles in the NBA. Across the NFL, NHL, and MLB, only five different head coaches have combined for six titles. Four in MLB, two in the NFL, and none in the NHL. What happened and why your team isn't here? Uh, all honesty, I think the main thing is who's burned out, man. Uh, you know, long season, um, team dominantly healthy throughout the season. You know, um, the legs get tired, but also, um, you know, you got to give hats off to Green Bay, man. They came out with a great game plan. Tired and desire were two things that he emphasized. Another postseason came and went without a Super Bowl for America's team, which has been a storyline for the past 29 years, as Stephen A. reminds you. That was current Cowboys star defensive lineman Demarcus Lawrence breaking that down with us on what went wrong in their wild card loss to the Packers at the Super Bowl. However, fellow defensive star Micah Parsons didn't agree with his teammates' assessment. He recently sat down with Stephen A. Take a listen to this. Don't get me wrong. Yes, I agree that teams play us like the Super Bowl. We are the Dallas Cowboys. But in the end, that's not a good enough reason or excuse to say that publicly. 
You should never go into a game like I'm tired, like I'm ready, like I'm ready to go home. Cause that's exactly what's gonna happen, and it did happen. That's part of culture and identity that I just feel like we're missing. Like that's just something like I don't agree with at all. But as soon as playoffs hit, knowing how limited and how hard it is to win in playoff game, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would never say I'm tired or I, I feel fatigued. Shannon, you know. When Demarcus Lawrence sat down on set with us, I, I, I feel like in life, and we talk about a lot in sports, there are things you can control and you can't control, right? Your desire to win, the want to, he talked about that. And he talked about guys being tired, things you should be able to control, right? And then we hear mm-hmm. a far departure from that from Micah Parsons. So I'm not sure what to really make of this, but tell me this. How do you feel like the Cowboys can fix any culture issues? Because we know they have the talent on paper. Before I offer what I think they can do. Stephen A., do you remember you and I, I got up, and I said, Stephen A., this is not going to go over very well. That's right. Having played played 14 years and been in that locker room, to hear him say that, he's tired when every other team has played the same number of games that you've played up until that point. And for you, all of a sudden, to you. Let me tell the audience, you got up. First of all, you challenged him on it. Then after yes. that, you got up during commercial break and walked over to him and you said a few words to him. And then you came to yes, me and you said during commercial break while we was out there freezing in Vegas, you're like, Stephen A., this ain't going to go over well. I'm telling you right now, this ain't going to go no. over well. No, no, because there are certain things you just can't say publicly. You might feel that way, but you can't say it publicly. The problem that they have is something that's beyond repair, that's beyond fixing. And that's Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones created the culture. He created it. So this is what you get right now. You get guys making excuses, and the Cowboys have had the better team a number of years in the postseason, but they lose even at home. But this is a Jerry Jones, and and it's something that they can't overcome because the coaches can't coach because Jerry is the coach. And whatever whatever Mike McCarthy says, whatever the D coordinator says, they can go upstairs to Jerry and override because he's emasculated the head coach. The coach is a coach in theory, entitled only. Jerry is the coach. He's the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, the position coach because this is what he's allowed to happen. When Jimmy was there, You actually think somebody would have ever uttered, I'm tired. Absolutely not. The problem is, is that Jerry has allowed this to happen, go on for far too long. I'm not excusing the players because at the end of the day, you're responsible for what happens on that field. But Jerry has allowed this. He doesn't put a coach in place. He doesn't put people in place that can hold the players accountable. And what I know, if players, if you don't hold them accountable, more times than not, they're going to do what the Cowboys have been doing over the last 25-plus years. My answer to this question, Shannon, is they should have hired Bill Belichick. This is exactly what I was talking about. It's not just that he's a six-time champion as a head coach, a two-time champion as a coordinator, a person that, as a head coach, went to nine Super Bowls. It's the Patriot mystique during all of those years of success. Whether they were winning the Super Bowl, whether they went to 10 seasons without winning the Super Bowl or whatever, you heard about the Patriot way. And we knew what that meant, the Belichick way. Because even though he had a superstar who would ultimately be known as the greatest of all time and Tom Brady, it was clear who was running 
football operations. It was clear that if you did anything inside that locker room that was not liked or was frowned upon by Bill Belichick, something's going to happen to you. Everybody understood it. You knew Robert Kraft was the owner. You knew that the buck stopped with him. But you also knew that when it came to inside that locker room, there was one voice. See, Bob, Robert Kraft might have something to say when it comes to finances, when it comes to contractual negotiations, etc. But the football portion of it, inside that locker room, how you walked, how you talked, how you act, how you chirped, what you said to the media, what you didn't say to the media, how you conducted yourself. Oh, no, no, no. That was one voice right there. That was one. Yeah, and that person sure. was Bill Belichick. And that's why I said that was the biggest reason that Mike McCarthy should have been going in favor of Bill Belichick. It wasn't about Mike McCarthy being fired. It was about a six-time champion with a reputation that preceded him that touched on all the points, all the deficiencies that have plagued the Dallas Cowboys. See, if Bill Belichick was there, Jerry Jones could still be everything you say Jerry Jones is. But it don't matter right? because when it comes time for Sunday and all of that other stuff, the bottom line is this is what's going on. And in the end, there's no way around it. And to not have Bill Belichick, to not have that kind of voice, ultimately, Jerry's voice is going to reign supreme and you're going to continue to have the cultural issues that you have had and the division that you have. You've got to empower your coach. But Stephen A., it comes down to this. I knew what it Mike expected. Being a leader, D-Law is a leader. I think he might be the most senior leader on that defense that's been a cowboy. How dare you allow this to happen? How dare you speak this publicly? That's the job of a leader. You know what, Stephen A., people say, well, leader, leader, leader. A lot of times, Shannon Sharp handled things in the locker room before Mike Shanahan knew anything about it. Because once it got to him, it was too late. I had to hold guys accountable because you never ask more than you're willing to give. If you see me working out, you see me in the training room, you see me in the cold tub, what do you, what do you, I expect from you? And for him, how do you let your legs get tired? Okay, train your eating, tra- uh, uh, tra- uh, 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 differentiate your eating habits, get in the cold tub, get up, get massages, but you can't, you can't. These opportunities don't come around often. And when they come around, you've got to seize the moment. There's something else that he said, Shannon, that neither you nor I locked in on. And and, and listen, we appreciate Demarcus Lawrence coming on the show, being honest and forthcoming and saying what he had to say. But that didn't make it wise and right for him to say what he said about himself and his teammates. And in fairness to him, he wasn't throwing his teammates under the bus. He was saying himself as well. He was putting himself under that umbrella. He didn't say them. He said us. Having said all of that, here was the biggest thing that I took away from it too, Shannon. He talked about how part of the reason was because every week – is a Super Bowl contest because we the Dallas Cowboys and everybody comes after us and it's a heavy, heavy load to carry. That's what he said. And I'm saying to you, that does come with being a Dallas Cowboy. There are those who are built to accept it and embrace it and there are those who succumb to it because the weight is just too heavy. And it has a lot to do, all joking aside, with why I always say, just wait, be patient, 
They won't yeah. let you down real, because the weight is too heavy. Real quick, though, Shan, before we roll, when he was saying he was tired, though, don't you feel like he meant burnt out more mentally, emotionally than physically? Or, or you took it literally as, as physically? It doesn't matter the physical or the literal interpretation, the figuratively, the figurative or the literal interpretation. So what had he done different? Than the Green Bay Packers. You, everybody got three preseason games, and they were both wild. Uh, uh, and so I don't get it. But Shannon, one more thing. I don't know. Go but do you think he could have been also sending a message to his teammates as well? That's not the impression. Well, I he did, he, I, I didn't get that message because here's the thing: when you say we're tired, you're talking about you because how do you know somebody else was tired? I take it as you, uh, you speak for yourself first, and then you speak outwardly. But for me, he, he, Molly, even if that's the case, Molly, yeah. you can't say that in a no, locker room. I get room. it, but he you talked about cannot. the want to. He talked about the want to, and he said that like he didn't feel like everybody had the same want to. And I felt like that was kind of sending a message to the teammates. That's how I perceived it. Yeah, but okay, what want to. So when are they going to want it? Because they keep being in this situation. I've been back-to-back. Think about it. You talk about everybody approach the Cowboys. What do the Cowboys have? That the Kansas City don't have. Y'all ain't got no Super Bowl. What you mean yeah, they approach right. y'all like y'all the Super Bowl champ? Yep. Y'all don't have anything. No, no. Y'all haven't won anything in 30 years. No, no, it's fair. I'm with you on everything. I was just playing devil's advocate on those couple things. Let me roll those so we can get to the top of the hour here, guys. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.